Well, again, a very warm welcome to you this morning. Wonderful to have you here on this most special of days. We're now going to read from God's Word, and I'm reading from Luke chapter 23. Uh, Luke chapter 23, sorry, Luke chapter 24, 1 to 12. Luke 24, 1 to 12, Jesus has risen. On the first day of the week, very early in the morning, the women took the spices they had prepared and went to the tomb. They found the stone rolled away from the tomb. But when they entered, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. While they were wondering about this, suddenly two men in clothes that gleamed like lightning stood beside them. In their fright, the women bowed down with their faces to the ground. But the men said to them, Why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here, he has risen. Remember how he told you he was still with you in Galilee. The Son of Man must be delivered over to the hands of sinners, be crucified, and on the third day be raised again. Then they remembered his words. When they came back from the tomb, they told all these things to the eleven and to all the others. It was Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary the mother of James and the others with them who told this to the apostles. But they did not believe the women because their words seemed to them like nonsense. Peter, however, got up and ran to the tomb. Bending over, he saw the strips of linen lying by themselves. And he went away, wondering to himself... What had happened? The resurrection of Jesus is the absolute foundation of the Christian faith. If not for the resurrection of Jesus, then our faith in Jesus is in vain. These stories that we've heard this morning have no meaning whatsoever. That we've, we've heard stories from deluded people if the resurrection of Jesus is not real. In fact, the Apostle Paul says, if Christ has not been raised, then your faith is useless and you are still guilty of sins. If the miracle of the resurrection itself is not real, if it did not happen, then all of these different miracles that we've spent term one looking at and exploring and considering have no meaning to us or to anybody else today. And so we must ask, what is the evidence that Christ is risen Are we a people who are deluded or are we a people who are following a risen, living Lord Jesus? There is, my friends, good, solid evidence for us to trust that Christ is indeed risen. And the first point is that Christ himself predicted 
his resurrection many times through the Gospels. Jesus, after Peter had declared him to be the Messiah, Jesus began to predict his own impending imminent death and subsequent resurrection. We read in Matthew 16, 21, from that time on, just after Peter had declared Jesus as Messiah, Jesus began to explain to his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things at the hands of the elders, the chief priests and the teachers of the law, and that he must be killed and on the third day be raised to life. Now, at the time, Jesus' followers did not understand what he meant. However, after Jesus had risen, they obviously remembered, and we even hear in the gospel account today, the angel reminding the women of what Jesus had told them. They remembered it enough to be able to write it down for us to see. Secondly, there were numerous post-resurrection appearances of Jesus after he had risen from the grave. Here are some that we read of. In John's Gospel, Jesus appears to Mary Magdalene as she's coming to terms with her Lord and Saviour being crucified. Along the Emmaus Road in Luke's Gospel, we see the risen Jesus opening up in a sense and explaining to his companions that the Scriptures were fulfilled in him. In Luke's Gospel, in, a little further on in chapter 4, we see Jesus in the presence of his followers uh, eating in front of them to prove that he is not a ghost and inviting them to touch him, to see that he is real, that he has risen. And then in Matthew 28, Jesus is on the Mount of Galilee as he prepares to ascend to his Father in heaven. And he gives the disciples a wonderful promise that he will be with them to the very end of the age. The Apostle Paul, however, says that after that he appeared to more than 500 of the brothers and sisters at the same time, most of whom are still living, though some have fallen asleep. These accounts that I spoke of earlier could be dismissed as you know, the followers, those who are closest to Jesus, being deluded and making up a story. But 500 people is a much more difficult proposition to argue with. Thirdly, the unrelenting faith of Jesus' disciples. At the cross, when Jesus was crucified, we see that the disciples scattered. They left Jesus. They didn't know how to cope and respond to what was happening. But after the resurrection of Jesus, after they had been with their risen Lord and Saviour, it's as if their faith took on an entirely new meaning. They became such catalysts for their faith that many lost their lives um, for following Jesus. Why would they have given up their lives if they were deluded or if it was a lie? Fourthly, the growth of the early church is another significant evidence for the resurrected Jesus. We see that the church in the book of Acts kind of explodes after Peter gives his first message and that message comes to a highlight when Peter talks about Jesus being risen. Those who accepted this message were baptised and about 3,000 were added to their number that day. And since that time, the followers of Jesus have continued to multiply and multiply and multiply 
that in 2015, there are over 2.4 billion followers of Jesus in this world, and Christianity is the largest of all religions, accounting for 33% of all faiths. That is a very hard statistic to argue with. Finally, and most importantly, there are the personal testimonies of people who continue to this day to witness the power of the resurrected Jesus in their lives. This morning, we were privileged to hear Carly and Megan and Josh give testimony to the difference that the resurrected Jesus makes in their lives. Yesterday at the Haven, many of us gathered to support Lisa and Matt Hartley as they too gave personal witness and testimony to the ongoing transformative work that Jesus is making in their lives. The personal testimony of people who have um, discovered Jesus and been set free from addictive behaviours, who have been able to find within themselves the courage and the strength to be able to forgive those who have done great wrongs to them. The personal testimony of people who have been lost in darkness and discovered the life-changing message of Jesus and experienced the love of God is something that you just cannot argue with. The resurrection sets Christianity apart. No other leader of any religion in the world claims to have risen from the death and overcome the grave and conquered the power of sin and death. Jesus Christ stands alone in this claim. Let us take a brief look at the passage we looked we're looking at today and see what we can learn from Luke 24, 1 to 12. The first thing that we read about is the empty tomb. When the women went to the tomb that morning, very early we're told, to go to embalm the body of Jesus, their very clear expectation was that they would find a dead corpse. Where We read that they were preparing the spices to embalm the body. Only a chapter earlier, we read that we, we can read that the women themselves had seen Jesus laid in the tomb. The women who had come with Jesus from Galilee followed Joseph, who owned the, owned the tomb, and saw the tomb and how his body was laid in it. Then they went home and prepared spices and perfumes, but they rested on the Sabbath in obedience to the commandment. Their very clear expectation was not to find an empty tomb, but to find a tomb with a corpse in that they were going to lovingly and respectfully embalm. But that's not what they discovered. What they discovered was that the stone had been rolled away. Now, if you think about a large stone covering a tomb that speaks to us very much of death and darkness. And the opposite of death and darkness is light and life. In John chapter 9, Jesus had made a claim about himself that I am the light of the world. And we see that with the stone rolled away and Jesus having overcome death and darkness and proving that he was indeed the light of the world. Uh, Next, we see the role of the women. In all four Gospels, it is the women who first discover that Jesus has indeed been risen from death. And this too adds to the credibility of the Gospel account 
that we can have trust that the resurrection is true because the witness of women was not credible. And if the church was making up a story that the resurrection of Jesus had occurred, they probably would have had countless men being uh, witnesses rather than the women. So the fact that women are witnesses in not one, not two, not three, but all four gospel accounts adds to the credibility of the unlikelihood of this story. You see, the resurrection was not something the church just made up. In fact, it's the reverse. The church is a creation of the resurrection. As a result of the resurrection, we see at Pentecost, the church came into being and continues to grow and flourish to this very day. We see the angelic messengers. In their fright, the women bowed down with their faces to the ground. But the men said to them, why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here, he has risen. Remember how he told you while he was still with you in Galilee. The Son of Man must be delivered over to the hands of sinners, be crucified, and on the third day be raised again. Then they remembered his words. What's interesting about this is the angelic figures themselves would have, of course, been a huge shock to the women. But they too came to give personal testimony to the words of Jesus. They point the women away from themselves and to the very words that Jesus had spoken. And as they remembered the words that Jesus spoke, they realized that Jesus did what he said he would do. And this is hugely significant. In fact, right throughout Luke's gospel, we see this repetition of promise and fulfillment. Jesus says, Jesus does what he says he will do. And this has great meaning to the disciples. And when we think about, when we think about Easter, and as we come to reflect upon the cross and the resurrection, we largely think about and celebrate an event that occurred 2,000 years ago. And in that moment, for these women who had come to the tomb and been ministered to by these angels, when they discovered that Jesus does what Jesus says he will do for them, it meant that Jesus had indeed conquered the grave and risen from death. But for you and I... What this means, Jesus does what he will say he will do, is that Jesus will return again. And we can have complete confidence that Jesus is coming back. We can also have complete confidence in the promise of Jesus where he said, I am with you to the very end of the age. We're going to go through difficult situations like Josh, where he broke his back, like Megan, where she sits as a worried grandparent for her grandchildren. Or like Carly, when we're going to go through such distressing times that, that, that distress affects not only us, but others around us who we love. We go through that. And you know how these dear people get through those times is knowing that Jesus is with them is having that confidence that when they pray to God, he listens and he, by his Holy Spirit, gives them comfort and peace and the capacity to go on with hope that things will get better, that a new day is coming, that yes, there is a Friday, but Easter Sunday is always 
coming. And that's the wondrous thing about following Christ is that Easter Sunday is always coming every day. It doesn't matter what day it is. Easter Sunday is always coming where there is death. If you're a follower of Jesus, there's always going to be life where there is darkness. If you are a follower of Jesus, there is always going to be light where there is despair and hopelessness. If you are a follower of Jesus, there is always going to be hope because Good Friday has gone and Easter Sunday has arrived. Amen? Easter Sunday has arrived. We see in Acts, for he has set a day when he will judge the world with justice by the man he has appointed. He has given proof of this to everyone by raising him from the dead. We can have complete confidence that Jesus is the king, that Jesus will return and he will right every wrong. We can trust Jesus. He is on his throne. He is in control. Nothing is too hard for him. Nothing goes past the gaze of his eye. He sees everything and he will make every wrong right. You can trust Jesus. When the women went to the disciples to tell them this glorious news that Jesus had risen from the grave, they were met with disbelief. The men wrote them off as, as, as nonsense. What you say certainly cannot be true. Of course, the fact that they were women delivering the message probably didn't go well for them. But there were a number of them, we read, who all gave the same account. And the men didn't believe it. You know, for us, when we've discovered the life-changing message of Jesus and it makes a radical difference in our lives, we can't help but want to share that with people. But just like the women, oftentimes, many times in fact, the experience of followers of Jesus is that they are met with disbelief. How can you believe that a dead man can be risen? How can you believe that there is a God? You're wasting your time. Well, you know what? When we're met with that kind of attitude, we're in good company because this is how even the disciples of Jesus responded to the news that he had risen. But don't give up. As we can see, the power of the Holy Spirit transformed those 12 or those 11 men and 12 men and they went on to change the world because Jesus had transformed their lives. Trust the Holy Spirit to work in people's lives. And just like those faithful women, our role is to testify to what we've seen, to what we know to be a true and meaningful and real experience for us. Finally, this passage concludes with Peter's response. We read in verse 12, Peter, however, got up and ran to the tomb. Bending over, he saw the strips of linen lying by themselves, and he went away wondering to himself what had happened. 
Unlike the 10 who disbelieved the women's report and wrote it off, Peter wanted to discover and see for himself the evidence. And my plea to you today is, if you're on the fence about Jesus, if you're not yet a follower of Jesus, if you have not yet put your trust and faith in Jesus, I want to encourage you to do a Peter. You don't have to be a runner, but I want you to go and discover the evidence for yourself. There is so much out there to help you discover the life-changing message of Jesus. And if you're not part of a church family, can I tell you, this is a great one to be a part of. And we would love to have you join us and we would love to support you on your journey of discovering Jesus and all that he has to offer. Peter went and discovered for himself. And do you know what? Jesus had said to Peter that he would deny him three times. And Peter, even though he said, Lord, I'll never do that, He went on to do it. And so for Peter, you know, as he reflected in that tomb about the Jesus who had told him what he would do, and then he went on to do it. I think for Peter, he must have had a moment of going, well, you know what? He got it right then. He got it right the next time. Jesus knows what he's on about. He said he was going to rise after three days. He must have risen. Men and women... C.S. Lewis said this famous quote, Christianity, if false, is of no importance, and if it is true, it is of infinite importance. The only thing it cannot be is moderately important. The resurrection of Jesus can give us absolute confidence that death has been overcome. What that means is, dear Sophie here, and dear Carol here, and many others among us, who have lost a loved one, can have the absolute confidence that death does not have the final word, that we will be face to face with all who have died in the Lord Jesus, and we will be resurrected with them as well. Death has no sting. The sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, says Paul, he gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we want to thank you that you have overcome the power of death, that you have overcome the power of sin and darkness. We want to thank you that into the darkness of the tomb, you broke forth with light and life. And I pray this morning, Lord, that by your spirit, you would minister light and life into death and darkness. Lord, you know each of our lives. You know each of our hearts and our stories. You know those difficult struggles that we have. You know those places of death and darkness. And I pray that on this resurrected Sunday, Lord, you by your spirit would minister light and life to each precious person who sits here this morning. Lord, fill this place with the power and the tangible presence of your Holy Spirit that we may know the risen, resurrected Jesus and that we may live in the hope and the joy of Easter Sunday. Thank you, Lord, that Good Friday has come and God. Thank you now. Now that we live in the reality of Easter Sunday, each and every day for those who follow the risen, resurrected King, victorious Lord Jesus. And it's in his name that we pray. Amen. 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 We're going to finish our service by celebrating the happy day that Resurrection Sunday is.
And um, I think